Get your paychecks up to two days faster with early pay. True story. Welcome to Huntington. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Week That Was. I'm Saeed Khan, and I am joined by some regulars and some, well, I won't call them irregulars, but some newbies. So <laughs> glad that everybody's on board. Starting off with the, the former uh, co-chair of the Michigan Republican Party, Jeff Sakwa. Welcome, Jeff. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, we also have from AM 910, Adolph Mongo. How you doing, Adolph? Yeah, how you doing? And from Deadline Detroit, we have columnist Nancy Derringer and editor-in-chief Alan Langle. So a lot going on this week to the point where some of these things seem so old, I thought we'd already covered them. But such is a slow uh, uh, August. Oh, and we are now joined by attorney Tiffany Ellis. How are you doing, Tiffany? There. Sorry, guys, having some technical difficulties. Been on. <laughs> Welcome. No problem. I, I feel like Fred Rogers and everybody joining the neighborhood when they please. Um, <laughs> so I guess the first thing that we really ought to talk about is uh, the Michigan primaries. There was a lot of uh, activity that went on. Uh, some surprises, some uh, perhaps not, uh, but a good amount of analysis uh, to be had. So who wants to jump in? to the aftermath of Tuesday. I think Jeff should go first. <laughs> uh, I wasn't surprised about really anything. I, I feel bad about Peter Meyer, but, you know, so goes it. But I got to know him a few weeks ago, and uh, I, I would say that it's nice to meet a man of character, and you, you have, sometimes you fall on the sword, he'll, he'll be fine. And um, at least he voted his conscience when he was there, so you got to give him credit for that. And as far as the the governor's race, I wasn't surprised there either. Obviously, it was a more overwhelming victory with the endorsement coming at the last minute. He probably did a good calculation before he made up his mind. And then um, what's upsetting, of course, is you have a guy in Ryan Kelly who's playing the uh, I got ripped off game with 14 <laughs> percent. I wasn't surprised about Andy Levin. Uh, there was a good group of Republicans that did vote for Haley in that one that are, you know, uh, probably the Jewish caucus. And um, we'll see what happens in November. I think I know what's going to happen, but we'll see what happens. So, Oh, I think, oh, the ironic thing I wanted to say, of course, was uh, we have two uh, African-Americans that are running for Congress. They just happen to be on the uh, Republican side. A little yeah. ironic, I would say. Yeah. I mean, John I, James I, 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 won pretty decisively in, um, in, uh, in Michigan 10. Uh, I think he uh, curried about ninety percent of the Republican vote, right? Yeah, I mean that that was that was when the primary was a, was a, was a joke. But uh, we'll see what happens in the um, in the general. I, yeah. I, th- I think uh, Shri Shri Thanadar. Uh, I mean Thanadar. The H is silent. Thanadar. Uh, Canadar. The H is silent. You'll be seeing a lot of commercials. Don't worry about it. Now, 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 Nancy, 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 it's a name. It's not a mantra. Right. It's like close, closer. Rick Snyder, close, closer. Uh, I mean, mean, and Adolf, I know, has something to say about it, but, you know, he was able to split up the vote. I mean, there were eight black candidates running against him. uh, And he got the most votes there. I mean, he's, he's just an enigma. He's a, he's a mystery. I, I still have no idea who he really is. Um, I think that's interesting. The other interesting thought was, it was APAC. APAC was really spreading 
uh, was trying to be the 900-pound gorilla. They certainly were in the in the Stevens uh, Levin race, and and it's interesting. The APAC really, and then APAC early on in the night sent out an email before even Haley Stevens, I think, uh, uh, declared victory and congratulated her on her victory and stuff like that. And I think the one thing is APAC has to be careful is that they're 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 being kind of uh, they're being kind of braggarts. And, and trying to show their power there. And I think there can be some backlash to that from, from non-Jewish people who say like, oh my God, the Jews are trying to buy the elections here. Uh, I think the APAC needs to be a little lower key about it and needs to not, you know, Adam Hollier, look, Israel is not an issue in the Adam Hollier's, uh, you know, district, but they were pouring in a ton of money there. Uh, I, I just say, I. It's interesting. And, and, you know, the Andy Levin thing is like, you know, I talked to some prominent Jewish person the other day and he was saying, you know, the two things that he really objected to Andy Levin's Israel stance was one, that he declared publicly that Israel was an apartheid state and two, that he never condemned, as he put it, uh, remarks made by some of the people on the squad that he saw as anti-Semitic. Levin says that he told them privately this person thought he should have been more public about it. So. Anyways, that's that's my that's your take. Two cents. Yeah. Okay, and I believe Tiffany, it's how, Tiffany, it's Okay. Ah, darn. All right. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the pronunciation. Be like, be like Jeopardy. Nazi We're go like Nancy. The proper pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> this is this isn't Jeopardy. This is uh, the National Geographic spelling bee. I mean, this yeah. is uh, tower. <laughs> this is this is going to Alex Trebek's other job. Tiffany, where do you see the election going in November? Oh, it's a it's an interesting question. I there's a lot of questions out there right now, and I, I think that what we saw both in Detroit and in that that race with Levin and Haley Stevens is that like Democrats don't have our ducks in a row, um, and we don't know how it's going to play out in many ways um, with these new districts. I mean, they've split communities right down the middle of towns in some places. I mean, I I think that we have a lot of unknowns um, coming up in November. This gubernatorial race, I think, is one particularly that everybody is going to be watching around the country. Um, You know, this- Is it going to be close? No. (laughs) I I want to say no. I really want to say no, um, but I'm not so sure about that. I'm really not so sure about that. I would I would it, answer that question, Jeff, with a one with one word, Kansas. Yeah. Um, I think the Kansas one word what? Kansas. The Kansas the proper pronunciation is Kansas. <laughs> Kansas. <laughs> In Kansas. The, wait, wait, um, shouldn't, shouldn't, it, shouldn't it be Kansas? Like Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, Ark yeah, Kansas. Anyway. In Kansas, the um, you know that was an overwhelming red state rejection of extreme abortion uh, positions. You know what's interesting about that? What? It's going to be in the bottom of the ballot, which means everybody's going to go all the way down the ballot to vote, which is good. Everybody mm-hmm. should be able to vote on everything. Number one, and number two. Are you talking about the the referendum in Michigan? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. And number two. Will will be Republicans who are pro-choice? What are what are they? What are they, it's going to obviously it's going to create more. Of, I would assume we all assume that it's going to get the left to vote more and overcome. Are people going to say the left going to say? I still care about the economy more 
if I'm going to vote in this referendum, they're going to go straight down and vote D. It's going to be very interesting. Well, it will be interesting, but I mean, my point was on the governor's race. Um, I don't know if you've seen the um, the first ad that was dropped yeah, by. I saw, a, saw it this morning. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, yeah, and and it's like I think that that in um, you know, there's what's the conventional wisdom? You move to the center. You 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 go to your base in the primary, and then you move to the center. We're already seeing Tudor Dixon backpedaling on the stolen election um, idea that she was all in on during the primary. But, you know, she's been on record many times saying no exceptions for rape, you know, a total abortion ban with no exceptions. And I think if you are looking to win back suburban women, that is the wrong way to do it. I agree. I have a question for Adolph. Go ahead. I was going to say the 13th Congressional District has, I mean, for a long time with John Conyers was traditionally, you know, a black held seat. We've seen, uh, you know, Rashida Tlaib. Hold it for the last to, to leave. Oh, the last. Thank you. Uh, may we have a I can't say Kansas. <laughs> uh, Sorry. That's a, well, Rashida, I think I got that right. Rashida held that for four years. And now we have, you know, Tanadar uh, holding, you know, going to hold it again. What, what, what explanation? Or how, how did, how's the what explanation when you get nine people in a race? And that's what happened with Rashida won by 300 votes the, the, the first time when you had six or seven people in a race and she won. Rashida is a fraud. She's in her district now. She's comfortable. Because before, when she was in the old 13th district, her her agenda was not the agenda of the voters of the 13th district. Her agenda was in, uh, in the Gaza Strip. That, that was her agenda. Her agenda was going to the borders in Texas. That was her agenda. Her agenda wasn't a crime education in the 13th district. Shree uh uh bought a bag of money and uh and and he bought a state rep uh seat and now he's in congress same problem no 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 power brokers in the city they let all these people get in the race and they got five percent here seven percent there eight percent pressure what kind of pressure was there on some of the candidates to drop out i know uh god be I don't, I don't care. Uh, listen, there was no pressure because none of them was going to move. Yeah. They rather lose. Yeah. I, I've seen it before. It don't happen. And 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 Sheree got twenty eight percent of the vote, and he's basically going to walk into that seat. Now they got two years to try to do something different, and that, and that's up to people that want to run. Hmm. But yes. if they were smart enough. They have a consensus candidate, and they run this guy back to Ann Arbor. There was a. Um, I, I was listening to. I'm in Chicago today, by the way. And, hello, Chicago. Um, hello from a. Our careful room. this weekend. Careful. Oh, stop with that! Stop with that! We had this discussion last night at dinner. Why are people so afraid of cities? Because of that. But anyway, um, the uh, I listened. I listened to a podcast on the way over. From, uh, Jeff Timmer and. Mark Brewer and Jeff Timmer's been on the show, the former executive director of the Michigan GOP. And he said basically the same thing, um, Albert that, or Adolf, that, um, that the next time, uh, if fewer black candidates run against Shree, he's, you know, 20, what do you get? 28% or 20? 28%. 
28%. He might be in trouble. I mean, that is, he's, uh, he's not, he's got a, a lot of work to do in the next two years if he wants to hang on to this constituency. Cause it was a classic split up the vote in a giant primary. Um, but, but one good thing out of this, this primary, listen, I look at the Republican side of the ticket and I haven't seen uh, a more uh, a more dysfunctional uh, ticket since '98 when Figer was at the top of the ticket for the Democrats, and he had Mary Lou Parks. I don't know if you remember her, mm-hmm. Secretary of State. She couldn't even pronounce Figer's first name. <laughs> I look at the the Secretary of State for the Republicans and the Attorney General candidates. Man, they make Larry Moore and Curly look like professors. <laughs> Listen, if they, don't you find it odd there wasn't one legislator, pastor, president that was willing to take on Whitmer? Not one, because they know they're not going to win. No, they're not going to win. It's going to be a clean sweep. Yeah, the, There's no question. And where did you find that 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 young sister to run for secretary of state? He, She's a damn idiot. I've I've, I've, I've never I've never met her. She won't be getting my vote. And then you got the brother up in Grand Rapids. He a nutcase. He worse than Herschel Walker. John John Gibbs. John Gibbs. Yeah. Okay. Never met him. Never met him. Let me say one other thing. Man, the Republicans. I listen. I'm glad that's a great ticket. If the Democrats don't win, (laughs) we we really in trouble. They're not going to win the House and the Senate, though. They're going to have a problem there. So we'll see. Yeah. Jeff, man, you're taking plausible deniability to a next level. Where you said House and the Senate. Any of them. Did you, Wait, did Jeff, you, Jeff, you, Jeff, you introduce Jeff, me as the former, the former co-chair? Does that mean anything to you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess, I, I guess that's, a, that's an important But I want to say one other one thing. Say Adolf, House and Adolf, Senate. I want to add something that Adolf said. Because in the Jewish community, they want to get rid of, they would not like to have Rashida to leave there as well. And soon as they, as soon as the field was loaded, you have to have one against one to beat her. You're not going to have. That's one. right. That is right. And, and the last so time, she needs, as long as she has three candidates, she's always going to win. That's and the last time she got a butt kick, she ran one on one with former state senator Virgil Smith. He yeah. kicked her ass all the way around the city. Yeah, you're 100. But now right. the now the now the twelfth is an interesting district because um, I know Rashida gets a lot of support from the Hispanic community in Southwest. Right. There's an argument that's being made that now since the district uh, has more of Dearborn, that somehow the other Arab Americans might gravitate toward her. But that's not exactly the presumption. Uh, I know that there's a lot of Arab Americans who have issues with her progressive agenda. Um, they don't vote regarding. Uh, Palestine. Uh, they uh, vote regarding uh, what a lot of small business owners in uh, in the Arab American community in Dearborn are concerned about. So I think it's a real mixed bag uh, for uh, for Rashida. I don't see uh, Michigan 12 moving more into Dearborn as being a lock for her anymore. Well, she knows uh, how. Listen, Rashida knows how to campaign, and and she's a great campaigner. But uh, you know what? Uh, but her 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 agenda is is not a local agenda. She uh, aligned herself with those folks, the progressives, who basically, you know, think Biden need to go somewhere and uh, retire. Yeah, that, that, say- that's her agenda. It's a national agenda, not a local agenda. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I, was, I wonder about that because I was going to mention that a moment ago about that Meyer race over on the West side and, you know, these endorsements from Trump. I mean, Rashida's a legislator. She was, you know, in the state house, she was in the state Senate. She's got a constituency, you know, and, and she's in this new district now. She, she, she has people that support her. And yes, she has been out there on the national platform and standing up for what she believes in, but that's not the thing that's necessarily going to determine what happens to her future at the end of the day. You know, she has had people that have voted for her time and time again. But if if somebody got her one-on-one and really talk about the issues, they can beat her. I'm not Rashida. They can beat her. But when you got five, six people running against one person, oh, you're not going, you're not going to beat her. Rashida been a fraud since she's been over there in Southwest Detroit. There's no question about it. So good for her. She got elected. Uh, good for Shree. He got elected. Now, if these people want to make a statement, they'll get their act together and, and they'll come uh, the correct way in two years. I, I, yeah, I, w- I would say, you know, when R- R- Rashida Talib, Rashida, whatever, T-L-A-I-B. Is it Langle or Langle? Langle. Uh, although uh, our, our cousins in New York say Langell. Langell, they, they, yeah. They are a little better than us. But, you, you mean you mean uh, the ones that shop at Target? Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. But I was going to say, you know, Rashida Talib, Talib when she got in to office, I thought, okay, this is good. She's, uh, you know, there's Palestinian represent- representation in in Washington. She can maybe work with the other side to try to broker some peace. There's no, there's no victory to be had militarily in the Middle East. Look, Israel could do what Russia's doing to Ukraine. It would never happen, though. It's not going to happen. So you have this constant conflict. She could have help to try to broker something with people like Andy Levin or whatever. Instead, she just became more, she, she was, it was just ego where she showed, I'm uncompromising. I'm not going to compromise. And people were like, yay, you're fighting for us. But she's doing nothing to broker peace in the Middle East. She's doing nothing to really improve the lot of people in the Gaza and, 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 and the West Bank. And I really am disappointed. She's got, her ego has gotten in the way of her really trying to do anything constructive. That's my... Well, I mean, has she been doing things to help her district, though? No. I mean, shouldn't we be talking about no. that? No. She has done shit to help her district. I lived in her district. What? Sure. It's nothing. She didn't talk about the poorest district in America, the second poorest. She never talked about it. She was at the border in Texas crying for kids over there instead of the kids that's dying every day in the city of Detroit, uh, gunshot wounds. Nothing. Zero. So I don't agree with that. <laughs> I, I, I so, certainly don't agree that that's the case. And I, I think that- well, I, I, don't, I don't agree. She's a fraud. There's no question about it. And, and, and listen, listen, we put in the black community, we put people in office that don't look like us, don't represent us. But yet I can't go to Dearborn. I can't go to Livonia and run for dog catcher because they're not going to vote for me. I'm not going to get elected. We put her in office to represent the interests of the 13th district and she didn't do it. She looked no, good no, on TV, no, no. but she didn't do it. Tiffany, Tiffany's, a resident. 
what you're talking about reminds me of back in 2004, I worked for the House Dems then, and it was like the first year in 20 years that I think we took back seats for the Democrats in the House. And Gino Palladori, the former mayor of Dearborn, was one of my candidates that year. And and, and Dearborn was transitioning. You know, we had an Italian-American community on one side. We had an Arab-American community on the other side. And, and there was a constructive conversation about, like, what the community needed. And I, I think that before we like jump to conclusions about what people are or not doing and, and who they are and like what their racial politics are, that we need to really talk about like what it, it, it's easy for you to say that, but racial politics is a way of life in Detroit. I understand that. And you I know, that. listen, anybody can come into the city and win. We'll vote for them because we're the most fairest people in the world. Listen, they they got a, a a black woman appointed to the Gross Point uh, City Council, and those people went crazy and ran yeah. out of there. Well, some people they not, they not they list they they don't do what people in Detroit do. We got a white mayor, a uh, 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 Asian state senator. We got we got everybody but black folks representing us. Hmm. That's not so one, right. I'm not so happy about thing, it either. And that, listen, and that only have ourselves to blame because we vote, we, you know, we fair. But people ain't fair with us. I would agree. So Rashid, Rashid and the squad certainly uh, gave uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi some kittens. Uh, she certainly pushed back on uh, when they came in with uh, their progressive agenda. But more recently, Nancy Pelosi decided to take a bit of a trip to Asia and, in fact, uh, stopped off in Taiwan formerly Formosa, for those paying attention uh, to old maps. <laughs> <laughs> and Sri Lanka used to be Ceylon, but go ahead. It used to be Ceylon. <laughs> we won't even talk about Siam. Uh, you know, for those of you who spent one night in Bangkok. Uh, but Nancy Pelosi comes into uh, Taipei. Uh, she is feted by uh, the Taiwanese uh, uh, re- uh, government over there. In fact, on the tallest building in Taiwan and one of the tallest buildings in the world, Taipei 101, uh, they even said, welcome, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, and at the same time, of course, it seems as though Beijing was less than chuffed about her uh, visit there. And they decided to greet her in their own special way by surrounding the island with live ammo uh, military exercises, including the launching of ballistic missiles, uh, to send a message to what they regard to be a wayward uh, uh, province. And at the same time, it seems, uh, the United States, with a somewhat ambiguous policy when it comes to the sovereignty of Taiwan. Is this uh, an unwarranted and an unnecessary uh, escalation by the Speaker of the House? Uh, Where is this going to lead in a now very volatile part of the world? Let me just start by asking you a question. When you used expressions like chuffed as a youth in Lapeer, Michigan, did you get your ass kicked? (laughs) Oh, there were so many other reasons for getting my ass kicked. It was, was, uh, let's put it this way, chuff was pretty much about as down ballot as the abortion referendum (laughs) for reasons why uh, Saeed got his ass kicked. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how quite how to feel about this. Um, you know, on the one hand, you have to admire her moxie. But it, on the other hand, we have a State Department for a reason. And, you know, the State Department asked her not to do this. And she did it anyway. Um, it it seems like it was a, an unnecessary poking of, um, I guess we don't call Chinese people bears. That's Russia. So poking the, the dragon, shall we say. 
Um, however, and I don't know what the fallout of this is going to be, um, but you know, there's you you always have to admire a woman who doesn't give any fucks and just you know does what she wants. But on the other hand, that's also can be very responsible behavior. So that's well, my weasley some, answer. It seems like some of the response has been more than just military posturing. Uh, China announced today not only sanctions against her and her family. Uh, but also the suspension of uh, talks in many different areas, including military cooperation, as well as climate change, uh, something near and dear to the Biden administration's heart. So I got a question. I mean, Nancy, you mentioned that uh, the State Department said don't go. Was this don't go, it's a bad idea, or don't go like Gene Wilder and Willy Wonka saying to Augustus Gloop, stop, please, don't. Oh, well, uh, I didn't see the memo, so I can't parse the uh, <laughs> parse the, the subtext there, but that's a good okay. point. So, okay, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Right. Go ahead. What? Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I thought, I thought oh, you no, were No, I was just complimenting you. I, I really missed that Willy Wonka movie. It was great. Oh. <laughs> I, I see the uh, well, the Chinese ambassador, I think, in the U.S. wrote a uh, op-ed piece in the Washington Post today just talking about the historic connection to Taiwan, that the Japanese stole it and they were supposed to get it back and all this and that the U.S. has been ignoring uh, the historical agreements and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It's, it's a complicated thing. And I don't know if Nancy Pelosi was going there to try to head off any type of invasion or something, but I don't know if that really, I don't know. Maybe she was shopping for knockoff purses. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) When the the U.S. had an opportunity to really have a, 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 make a statement when, you know, they voted to kick Taiwan out of the U.N., we should have just said, okay, Taiwan is part of, uh, of China. Because but we, we do propped do that. up that dictatorship for so long when they fled the mainland. Kang well, we, yeah, we might as well say it. they have a right to say that's their territory. Just like we well, say Hawaii is our territory, even though we overthrew a, a, a monarch over there and took it over. So mm-hmm. at this point, somebody got to make a a, a, a a statement and say, okay, Taiwan is part of China or Taiwan is not part of China. Which one is well, it? Well, I think that's the problem with the one China policy that the U.S. has is that it doesn't recognize Taiwan's uh, sovereignty. Uh, perhaps the better analogy is not Hawaii, but maybe American Samoa or Guam, uh, that these are uh, American territories. Uh, but uh, the sovereignty of them is not considered to be uh, uh, to be independent. Well, while, as Jeff said, uh, Taiwan may be the bastion of knockoff purses, one thing that it does make quite authentically is uh, semiconductor chips. In fact, it's the largest exporter of semiconductor chips. Uh, that is something that's not, of course, uh, unseen and unrecognized either by China or the United States. Could part of what Pelosi is doing is to try to fortify uh, the United States as being the principal importer of uh, semiconductor chips when the global supply chain seems to be so fraught with uh, uh, with uh, with issues right now. Thoughts on that? Wait a minute. Rephrase that question with fewer words. <laughs> okay. Taiwan, Taiwan makes Taiwan makes a, a ton of t- uh, chips. Right. I that uh, part I got. Was, 
was and we buy a ton of chips and we buy a ton of chips and everybody needs a ton of chips so was this pelosi's effort to go in there and get to the front of the line when it comes to uh, taiwanese chips ah i see okay um i don't know (laughs) i mean mean, we we have a lot of things i mean like joe biden when he went to you know saudi arabia and and you know you have to believe that the gas he was trying to get the gas prices down before the election and trying to do anything so all these things the ulterior uh motives uh you know it's certainly a a reasonable thing i mean i I go by some of the car dealerships like royal oak ford uh the the lot is empty there are so many car dealerships where the lots are just totally empty and it's uh i I, I think they should bring that back to Model T. I don't think it used any chips. Um, <laughs> I think that they could. Well, by the way, isn't the era of horses again? When uh, when I mean, was she the did meet with the, um, the New York Times did reported that she did re- meet with uh, the chairman of the largest chip maker while she was there. You know, so I mean, there was there was a reason why she went. You know, that may not be what's getting the headlines right now, but I think it's a great point. We have we have better made chips in Michigan. They're the best. The barbecue. No, they're not the best, Tiffany. They're just the better made. I used to buy the the light salted for my father. There were like 60 chip companies in Detroit at one time, and they they were the most long-standing ones. So I guess they are better made, right? Because we make cars and we come up with potato chips and a semiconductor chip. That's why we saw the Taiwanese people come here to visit better made. Do you know why uh, so many chip makers are local? Um, potato chip makers. It's because they were once far more perishable. And so unlike um, pretzels or, I mean, actually in my lifetime, the snack food aisle of the grocery store has essentially exploded with salted options. But um, at one point it chips didn't travel very well either. They were, they were more, um, they were more fragile and they spoiled. So hence there were, you know, and then Lay's came along and, you know, you can you can't just eat one. But with that but, brief interlude, thank into, you, Nancy. But, that's a nice at all. <laughs> but but Pringles, Pringles, Pringles changed the landscape. Uh, I mean, not only when it comes to perish non perishability, but they are easily one of America's most recognized brands around the world. I mean, people will go not cuckoo for cocoa puffs, but they'll go. Uh, really, uh, I don't know even what, what what the alliteration would be, uh, but uh, for Pringles, they they would certainly do that. Oh, so, okay, well, <laughs> well, American action it seems has uh, been taking on other dimensions around the world. Most uh, recently in Kabul, Afghanistan, where uh, second in command to the now late Osama bin Laden, Ayman al Zawahiri, was uh, assassinated while he was standing on the balcony of his uh, home or his safe house in Kabul, uh, taken out by a a very interesting uh, munition, apparently, that uh, uh, comes in silently after being launched off a drone, and then uh, seconds before impact, uh, fans out six razor blade sharp uh, knives uh, to then eviscerate the individual by then minimizing the amount of civilian casualty. (sighs) The reason I'm saying this in such graphic detail 
is for two reasons. One, because it seems to be what is being reported mostly about this particular incident. And second, to dispel any rumors that it was in a Mario Puzo novel, uh, <laughs> for, who was graphic in his own ways. Uh, so Zawahiri is, is gone. And it seems as though, of course, the Biden administration is taking a victory lap over this. Not sure exactly what Zawahiri's involvement was in operations with uh, uh, with al-Qaeda anymore and how much of a force it is. Uh, but it certainly is revealing when it comes to the relationship that it seems either the Taliban or the Haqqani network in Afghanistan had with still being close enough to al-Zawahiri and by extension al-Qaeda that they were harboring him there. What does it say about American foreign policy? What does it say about some of the pushback, including from Republicans saying, eh, it's not that big of a deal, and it wouldn't have happened in the first place had Biden not pulled American troops out. It just shows that Afghanistan is still a terrorist hotbed. All I can say is that weapon sounds unbelievable. I One of the most interesting uh, conversations I've ever had was with a guy that I met uh, somewhere like in Southern Michigan who makes bombs, who, who actually makes those kinds of weapons. And I, I had not heard about this silent, silent running with fanning knives. I knew it was something they called micro targeted where they could actually hit that guy on the balcony and harm no one else in the house, which was, you know, fascinating. And also, the um, I read something about how they um, decided that he would probably be on the terrace at that moment, and it was something about you know knowing his basic habits, and there was like a seventy-two percent probability that he would be taking the air on the terrace at that particular moment, and then they would you know they would hit him then. Posting on Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean. Taking- I- it's taking the air, Nancy. You would have gotten your ass kicked in the fear. The the as far as American foreign policy, I'm going to stand mute. But I will say that when it comes to killing people, we really do it like amazingly well. Go ahead, Alan. Okay, Alan. I, I, I was at a party in in Washington. Uh, I was talking to a guy who had been in the military, and his job was he lived in Arizona. He went out to somewhere on the base where they, you know, some desert base or whatever. He said he would sit in a chair that was like uh, a chair in a van and he would fly drones in Afghanistan and kill people from Arizona and then go home in the day and have dinner. And so I wonder where the drone, the actual drone control came from in, in, in this particular case. But it's like, you know can be from anywhere, from down in Florida, from, from wherever. It's, it's really That's incredible. That's got to be, you know, that's got to be a job that not everybody can do. Um, I asked you know, him, I said, does it seem like a video game? Does it not seem real? He says, no, no, it feels real, but, you know. I mean, you're killing. But, but, what, what, but what does it uh, mean anyway? You kill this guy, it don't kill Al-Qaeda. It don't, it don't stop uh, folks from uh fighting over Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever you kill you kill one so-called leader another one pops up it's just a reorgan it's a new org chart well you know in 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 Tehran and you know Iran the Israelis have been knocking off scientists and their nuclear weapons program they've been knocking out people from the Revolutionary Guard key people these scientists who are working on uh, nuclear capabilities in Iran have bodyguards and, you know, the Israelis are knocking them off and it does disrupt 
but it never totally disrupts the program. Well, maybe if you're one of the families from 9-11, you're happy. So, yeah. Well, and, and the way that I've, I've read about it is that he was really one of the key founders of Al-Qaeda in the 80s. I mean, he was one of the, the brains behind the operation, you know, for lack of a better phrase. Um, and, and maybe symbolic in some ways, but at, at the end of the day, I, I don't know that that's actually the case. You know, I'll, I'll refrain in the foreign policy um, commentary on it as well, but I you know, I think when it talk, we're, we're talking about the victims of 9-11 and, and their families, I, I think that is a victory for them. Yeah. Well, it, might yeah, right. vic- it might be a victory for them, but you look at uh, uh, all the folks that, and I was in the military, that we killed men, women, and children all over the place. You know, you got you got families over there saying the same thing. You know, it's tit for tat, and when do it end? Right. You know, you're you're right. You're, you're right, Tiffany, about his uh, his stature. I remember like years ago, I was in Amman, Jordan, and um, I was in a I was in the souk and I got one of those um, uh, a decks of cards, which had oh, the, Saddam, death cards. Uh, the death cards that had bin Laden as the ace of spades. And then, uh, um, you know, Saddam Hussein as the queen of club. No, I think he was the ace of diamonds. Uh, but but um uh, Zawahiri was also one of the aces, and so it is kind of interesting that uh, that, that happened. Um, of course, for all of the Republican uh, criticisms uh, that have been levied um, to, to deflect uh, the, the importance of this uh, from the Biden administration, was a revelation that apparently uh, former President Donald Trump was given the opportunity to take out uh, al-Zawahiri, but uh, didn't because, wait for it, uh, apparently, he did not recognize his name. Uh, would would well, that Alan can't him? pronounce it? So how is he supposed? <laughs> to pronounce it? Well, I, I I think I think there was a job in the Trump administration that Nancy should have had of uh, name pronunciations, uh, which which would have been uh, very helpful. Right, you can see right, in the White House, uh, speak- Nancy. It'd be in the tri- Nancy. Can you come here and talk to the President Trump? We're gonna, Mr. President. We're gonna start with China. Okay, it's China. <laughs> China. No, 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 no. Soften that eye, China. <laughs> well, that would have taken a good two years, right there. Uh, so, uh, um, oh, so, before you before you yeah. move on, do you remember who the deuces were in that deck? What? The, deuce, oh, the the uh, the death cards when Osama bin Laden was the yeah. The, the, I mean, it it, it literally it, it literally looked like they found some Arab and Afghan men <laughs> off the street just to go ahead and and fill it up uh, because um, I think in 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 the other face cards was of course the very important chemical Ali. Chemical uh, Ali. He, he needed to have a, a role. There. I, See, I like but, the guy with the real hairy chest that they. Um, he died a few years ago. Uh, the guy with one eye was that Mullah Omar? I forget. That was Mullah. That was either Mullah Omar or also known as Hersut Harun. Uh, so, uh, if you're if you're keeping track of these things, um, well, never thought that Alex Jones would uh, cite uh, the German pastor uh, Martin Niemöller uh, with his famous poem "First They Came For Yada Yada Yada." Uh, but it seems as though this also applies to the e- uh, the tech scandal when it comes to first it was the Secret Service, then the Pentagon, now the State Department. It seems as though this is becoming a bigger metastatic issue. 
no one, when they were turning in their phones, apparently under the Trump administration, mm. uh, were preserving uh, the record, which by federal law they were supposed to. Uh, is this going to become a bigger deal? And why isn't it right now when it comes to media coverage of it? That is a really good question. And, you know, I mean, the cell phone is the greatest gift to the domestic um, uh, domestic lawyer. What, what do they call the family law lawyer in in eternity? Because, you know, the fact that you're even if you're carrying a second cell phone, that's like prima facie evidence of infidelity. Um, how many marriages have broken up? How many affairs have been discovered because somebody was able to get into somebody else's phone and see the texts? And so, you know, I think a lot of people get in the habit of deleting texts. However, as I, I think I said this last week, I cannot believe that there isn't some backup somewhere. And if there isn't, why isn't there one? I mean, because people want their privacy. Well, people want their privacy, but these are not personal cell well, phones. These difference. are government-issued cell phones. If you work for the government, that's your job. But if it's me personally, I don't want my business. Well, but, but, but these are government-issued cell phones we're talking about here. I, mean, I understand. These, I understand. Yeah. I'm saying, but you say, why doesn't it? Because generally speaking, people want to de- delete means delete. That's all. I know, I'm not disagreeing with the Delete does not mean delete. I mean, delete yeah. does absolutely not mean delete. Like there's there's a record of it everywhere. I mean, there's a reason why Tom Brady destroyed his cell phone probably right after the uh, what was that? Uh, what what they call the deflated football scandal? What was the name? Deflate gate. Deflate gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that he smashed his iPhone after that. And so you know, there's something to be said for the physical device certainly. But when we're talking about government, you know, technology, we we need to be talking about a higher standard. You know, this is something that I battle every single day in my cases, you know, when we're talking about like the type of information that can be recovered and I'm not a family lawyer. Right. But like, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like companies that want to come after my clients, you know, data, they want every single Facebook post that is not, not just posts. They want the entire record of everything that has ever existed. And this person's Mm -hmm. social media existence, which is downloadable by the way. And so, you know, it's a different thing when we're talking about social media, but it's it's asinine to think that like a, a government employee at that level could have that sort of secretive bat phone, um, you know, for lack of a better phrase again, um, and we're not going to do anything about it. I mean, there needs to be some policy changes around that sort of thing. Kind of like Hunter's computer. <laughs> I guess I would think, I would think that if you have a government issued cell phone, I mean, I have, Google Photos on my phone and every picture that I take is automatically uploaded to my Google Photos account so that it's like a backup for it. I would think there would be something similar to that on a government cell phone. I realize that we're sometimes we're talking about classified information, et cetera. Um, but I just it's so hard for me to believe that you can, you know, you can send a text to um, you know, Osama bin Laden or whoever and then immediately delete it and it just goes away. I mean, it's just it's you know, I can hardly believe that, but maybe so. Maybe they're all using Snapchat. I mean, yeah, well, or or there or WhatsApp, which is also or, another one that's or, may, or, or, or maybe they're or Signal. maybe they're or maybe they're they're they're, they're covering stuff up. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. right. Well, I mean, after reading, <laughs> it raises a question, though. Like, look, it may, there may be times where there's classified messages that need to be sent. There may be a reason for that. I'm not disputing that that's the fact. But if that is the case, then they should be using some sort of software or encrypted. T- platform in order to exchange that information it shouldn't be over regular text messages right i'm ocd i delete everything i delete my emails i would delete my 
text every day because that's just my personality. But well, that's you really cool. on my inbox for me. That would be awesome. Steve yeah. give, give me thing. your address. <laughs> Fishman said the same thing. He he, when people text him, he immediately calls them, and then he deletes the text. He's at the end of the day, he deletes all that stuff. I want to so, know that whatever my work is, I want to know it's done. I, yeah, I do everything I'm supposed to do. Yeah, right there you well, go. OCD. Okay. Well, I mean, it, it, it's it's uh, it's an issue that I think uh, further than calls into question people's confidence in the governments that either yeah. it's a matter of incompetence uh, or it's something perhaps more insidious and nefarious uh, that's going on. And uh, when the so-called deep state is uh, is uh, being highlighted by people like Alex Jones and others and conspiracy theorists, then I think uh, this isn't really good for the optics, let alone for the, uh, the audio uh, that's there. Um, Can we just also flashback for a second, like Hillary's emails? Yeah. yeah, what a thing that was. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and and both Jared Kushner story. And, yeah, both Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump use personal email accounts extensively throughout their time as White House aides. Um, you know, so it's it, politicians do, yeah. What? Jeff? A lot of politicians do, and they're not supposed to. Yes, I know they aren't supposed to, but they did it, and that was you know right after talking about oh her emails. So, anyway. Right. Right. You know, there was an interesting conversation I heard in the locker room of my gym yesterday. People were talking about how. Now? I'm sorry. I know it doesn't. It's from the waist down. It's, it's all. I, I just. I just kick it. I just kick in the pool. Um, but uh, but but people were talking about uh, about China and what China must have over uh, Biden, uh, uh, particularly as you mentioned Hunter Biden. And I was sitting here thinking, you know, China gave Ivanka Trump 18 patents. Uh, they, they were quite yeah. trademark. Sorry, uh, they were quite kind to uh, the Trump family as well. So I think when it comes to the misinformation and and again the the mistrust, uh, I guess it really depends on which political party you're in. What seems is that one political party in Georgia has already acted. The uh, legislature in Georgia has now declared that you can list uh, an embryo as a dependent when it comes to Georgia state taxes. You, like, uh, you I, like give sperm samples and take write-offs now? <laughs> well, you know, Jeff, I mean... Thousands uh, sperm, of masturbators rejoice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, sperm samples are only half the story, as yeah. you know. Uh, I was going to say, uh, now every fertility clinic in the country moves to Georgia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but where are we going with this? I mean, first of all, is it by the honor system or with your W-2, do you also have to send an ultrasound uh, uh, picture? You know, that's a good question. And do you say, and do they verify any of this? What if you declare an embryo, you, you get a positive pregnancy test uh, right before you file your taxes? Oops, that was a COVID test. My bad. Yeah, no, no, no. You get a, I mean, say you get a positive pregnancy test on New Year's Eve. Okay, you do your taxes and then, the, and then you're, you have a miscarriage on January 10th. It's like, are you allowed to count that as a, I don't know. I think, I think. We're looking at more work for lawyers, but well, Tiffany, I, I Tiffany, can you can you can you get? Uh, I mean, is it legal to get an affidavit from the rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to ignore that one, but <laughs> I will say that I think that's the Supreme Court now has its work cut out for it. You know, 
they've issued this Dobbs decision, you know, the, the parade of horribles that's coming from it is going to present some really unprecedented questions that these state legislators and others are, are going to present and are, are, are really twisting this around into into places that, you know, it, it, I don't think we any any of us ever imagined. There aren't good answers to it, right? Right. And what was it? The woman in te- there's a woman in Texas who's um, trying to get drive in the, 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 in the high occupancy vehicle lane, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Because she's pregnant. I mean, we're gonna these these stories are gonna become more and more frequent, and you know, state legislatures are gonna start to do crazier and crazier things when it comes to this sort of thing, and, it, and we're gonna be polarized about it, right? Like Kansas. But, but, but- but fear not. I mean, uh, the Dobbs decision was to kick it to the states. And it seems since Alito really is an Old Testament kind of guy, he doesn't mind the United States becoming a Tower of Babel, where each of the states then has uh, its different interpretation on when does life begin? What is personhood? Who gets to drive in the commuter lanes? Uh, not something that we ever have to worry about here in Michigan, ever. <laughs> Everything's uh, one lane now with construction anyhow. It doesn't make yeah. a difference. <laughs> and, and, and and also the, the, these ideas about benefits. I think that uh, that's where it's going to get really interesting when it comes to the economics of things, that uh, who do you get to write down as a dependent? And um, I guess one possible uh, quagmire is that what pronouns do you assign to the embryo if it's that early on yeah, uh, when yeah. it comes to the dependent? I think the embryo gets to decide. Yeah. No social security number, though. So. <laughs> well, I mean, at the same time here, we do have a, a an element of uh, the abortion issue when it comes to the Michigan Court of Appeals. And then also when it comes to an Oakland County judge who has blocked uh, Michigan prosecutors from enforcing the 1931 abortion ban. Uh, as we were discussing says, earlier. I'm not a lawyer. Does that mean just in Oakland County? It means the state of Michigan. It's the state, state of Michigan. Michigan. State of Michigan. So a circuit court judge in Oakland County can rule for the whole state of Michigan. Yes, it's a it's a state case. Well, and, and so here's here's the interesting thing about this decision. Um, you know, it was a court of claims decision originally that um, Judge Glacier with the yeah, yeah. issued, and so the court of appeals and and it's not a conservative group that issued the opinion. You know, I, I will say that at the outset, like they are. Who, who, who is the panel? Yeah, on the panel. They are not. Who was, who was the panel? Do you remember the names or you don't remember the names? Yeah, no, I have it right here. Um, Judge Barallo, Judge Kelly, and Judge Godola. Okay. And so some of them are, but like not all of them are. Um, and, and the crux of the decision is is really about the jurisdiction of the court of claims and how that applies to county prosecutors. And the real ruling is that county prosecutors are local officials. And that's why the court of claims cannot really tell them what to do or what not to do. And coming from a different judge, you know, a county judge, um, you know, it, it's a different jurisdictional issue. So it, it's it's somewhat procedural. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they so, just saw the attorney general in Florida and the one county got fired right. by the governor. True. So Ron he got DeSantis. fired, he got fired by DeSantis, but yes. Hochul in uh, New York actually uh, didn't uh, do that. Yeah, so it's uh, so is, constitutions. Yeah, is that is that the right pronunciation, Nancy? Is it Hochul? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I don't know. <laughs> wow, so I know, I'll let you know. It's stump Nancy. Give her any name, <laughs> and she could pronounce it properly. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, we are at that time of the show, everybody. Where I kick it to Alan. Muck, I was schmuck. It's not smuck, it's schmuck. 
smuck, schmuck, smuck. Say sh, sh. Now say muck, muck. Now say sh and muck together real fast. Smuck. <laughs> we are. We are <laughs> muck of the week. So, anyone want to go first? Rob, uh, Rob Musial has chimed in and said, "Schmuck of the week." So many nominations, and I think he's absolutely right. Who wants to go? Uh, I'll go. Okay, go I'm ahead, gonna, Tiffany. I'm going to give it to the uh, the Russian judge that uh, gave Brittany Griner nine years in prison for a vape cartridge. Yeah. So, yeah, that's no. a good one. There's, there's a lot of other, you know, factors and discussion that go into that that um, that topic. But I, I, think, so, I, I think what happens in those cases, going to the Myanmar case with Danny Fenster, is that these countries need to convict to show that they were legitimately holding them. So nothing happens until there's a conviction and a sentence before. But well, she, so pled, she pled guilty to it. And, you yeah. know, right. It, it's it's excessive. It's ridiculous. Well, the price of the prisoner they get back went up with nine years versus two years. The value went up. Right. Yeah, yeah I think the maximum sentence was the, the maximum sentence was ten years. So I mean, right. yeah, this is really on on the high end. I mean, at the same time, uh, Tiffany, I know that Russia has a- acknowledged now that uh, Miss Greiner is uh, actually part of these negotiations going on for a prisoner exchange. Uh, do you think then that the heightened sentence, as, as Jeff, I think, alluded to, will uh, enhance her charges uh, or chances, I should say, of, uh, of then uh, this kind of uh, negotiation being successful? I guess my question is, why wasn't the other gentleman from Novi? Why is this all being why? Because she's a celebrity or a basketball player. Why wasn't this being done before? Maybe it was and we didn't know about it. I don't know. It seems like they can't do one without the other. But wait a minute, what? What what did you just say? Why wasn't the guy the from Novi? Novi has yeah, been there longer, and right. he doesn't get any much PR. And now she's a celebrity, so she's getting the PR. And now they got them both together. Right. I don't think I don't think anybody g- gave a shit about him, but now they give a care about her. Because- well, she's a celebrity. You know she's that. Well, of right. course, that's all. That's all. I agree. Yeah. Well, I agree. And wait, Adolf, you and I agree, and way too much today. I'm getting a little. Nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's right. she's 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 no she's no Beyonce. Let me tell you that. Okay. Well, well you might agree on my schmuck other 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 week. Go ahead, Adolf. Democrats around the country uh, bankrolling um, these Trump uh, back candidates, thinking that you know if they can get uh, nominated, that they will be easy to beat in November. And I think that's a mistake because some of these folks. John <laughs> they can get elected. You're talking John about Gibbs. the the D triple C. Yeah, I, I, I think that's that that was a that's the wrong agenda to take. But hey, this is what they're doing. They they they're going to think the guy up in in Grand Rapids is going to be easy to beat. They're going to have to campaign. Yeah. These, are, these are not pushovers. Really they might be nuts, but they're not pushovers. So here's a quiz for you. Who is the Democratic candidate in Michigan three against John Gibbs? Without having to look it up on Google. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. Hillary. 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 Hillary.
But uh, yeah, I mean, name recognition is just not there. And I wonder if the Democrats even knew or even contributed <laughs> to uh, to Hillary's uh, uh, we candidacy. We don't know. We don't live in the third district. No, I, saw James, I saw James Carville interviewed on uh, one of the shows this weekend. And his opinion was, whatever way you got to win, you got to win. Yeah. Whatever, there's, whatever I mean, there's, something, there's some wisdom to that approach yeah. as well. So, All, All right. right, Jeff. Who's I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Ryan Kelly. Take your ass whipping and go home. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired replaying 2020. It's over. Life goes on. The way Good he wears to- those those aviator shades, you know, he thinks he's just the cat's ass, you know, and he's just. <laughs> Wow. Now, Nancy, I haven't heard that since the Cannonball Run, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, One of my favorite uh, expressions, and nobody else uses it except you, me, and Jackie Chan from the That's movie. That's why we get along so well. All right. we, we, we do. Okay, yeah, we Nancy, do. who's your schmuck of the week? Uh, well, I, was, uh, I always bring a backup schmuck because somebody because there's so many schmucks and there's so many great choices, and Jeff just took my first choice. Why don't we just use male, male parts for this? Why can't we use a female part next time? <laughs> oh well, all right, whatever. And but I'm going to go with um, Alex Jones. Um, I have been following the trial, um, the damages uh, phase of the trial down in uh, Texas. That man is without oh. a single oh. positive characteristic, and he he lives, breathes, and poops schmuckitude every day of his life and so schmuckitude he is the first schmuck of, of the week for me you so. also add his lawyer to that list to like accidentally oh do you think you know when i heard about that it, it, for people who haven't been paying attention his lawyer accidentally or not accidentally sent the opposing counsel the copy of his phone for the last three years so he could see everything on it and then didn't try to take it back for whatever reason. And part of me thinks that his lawyer just despises his own client, you know, or maybe it's some kind of very strange end around to claim incompetent counsel. I don't know, but that guy, that, uh, his lawyer, may have, his lawyer may have nominated him for schmuck of the week. Yeah. <laughs> But but isn't the lawyer now subject to I mean both legal malpractice and possibly a grievance as well? well that's my yes. point. I mean, well, yes and no. But I mean, arguably, and this is the point that I was trying to make before about like companies trying to come after my clients' information. You know, we fight these battles every day in court. Like, what are you entitled to on the other side in discovery? Right. You know, and so so. It, there's 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 an argument that they should have gotten everything, but a good lawyer would never let that go. Right. So he was he's on the hook for four million compensatory. And I think as we speak, uh, the punitive uh, damages yeah. are up. Uh, where do you see this going, uh, Tiffany? I mean, I know you're you're pretty familiar with the numbers game. Uh, usually they do it with a multiplier factor. Do you think he's going to uh, get stuck with a, a big punitive bill? Uh, yeah, potentially. I mean, he's never going to be able to pay it. You know, and, and so it's it's largely look, listen, it's juries, right? And when you when you're talking about a jury, it's a matter of like how you can get their emotions going, and and I think they're probably pretty mad, judging from what they've decided. So, but well, in, well, largely- mere minutes, mere minutes after the verdict, uh, apparently Alex Jones was imploring his uh, his uh, his audience to do anything to help with the bill, buy a t-shirt, buy a mug, buy something. 
I'm just saying there's six of us on this. Um, we Those could people maybe are even... brain damaged and they, maybe you know, some snake oil too. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, it's not snake oil, but it's nutritional supplements, nutritional supplements. For, for people's burnishment of their manhood. <laughs> so that is something that uh, that uh, Mr. Jones uh, does uh, sell. Uh, wasn't there that great song back in the day called Me and Mrs. Jones, which yeah. probably means that she is looking elsewhere because <laughs> Alex is just not really taking the supplements. She, now I have a while ago. She, she divorced him a while ago. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway. That, by the right. way, was by the great Billy by the way, Paul. Me, the song goes me and they Jones now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about the Counting Crows. Is it Counting Crows, Mrs. Jones and Me? Is that it? No, that's Mr. Mr. Jones. Mrs. Mr. Jones and me. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was actually from the deposition of his ex-wife in the case. So, um, yeah. Uh, okay. Alan, your schmuck. My schmuck. I was going to pick Ryan Kelly, but also the two other, uh, Mike Detmer, who was running uh, out of Howell running for Senate. He was endorsed by Trump and he lost and he's like not buying it. He's just yeah. like, can't believe it. It's, it's based on nothing except he was endorsed by Trump. How could he possibly lose? The other person is Kerry Lake. Uh, the Republican uh, candidate who won in Arizona for governor. Uh, she won the Republican nomination there. Yeah. And she, it was oh, before. Oh, yeah, well, I'm doing a double schmuck. But uh, <laughs> but she was already, before the elections were even finalized, she was saying, oh, if I lose, this is fraud and stuff like that. I think Trump has set such a dangerous precedent here that all these people are carrying out only on hunches. Like, how could I lose? People love me. So... Anyways, okay. they're going to be they're going to be playing they're going to be playing little league games over again pretty soon. <laughs> and what is yours, Said? My schmuck of the week. I'm glad you asked, Nancy. Um, <laughs> is actually I'm going to take a page out of uh, Adolf, who tends to provide a collective noun of uh, people. Uh, my schmuck of the week is actually Jamestown Township, outside Grand Rapids, Michigan where a small group of conservative voters sank the millage proposal, resulting in the Patmos Public Library losing 84% of its $245,000 annual budget. Why, you may ask, uh, run the risk of most likely this library closing down? It's because the conservatives objected to uh, LGBTQ material in the young adult graphic novel section sure. of the library worried that it actually isn't about young adults. They don't want them anywhere because children might go to the adult section and grab literature, which then could, of course, poison their minds in this particular subject matter. So to go ahead... I grew up Playboys when I was a kid. Is there a problem with that? <laughs> Wait a minute. What public library did you get them from, and do they still have them? <laughs> So, uh, so the very the very idea that knowledge and uh, and access to the public library system, which in this country I believe began with Benjamin Franklin, is yeah. being a, a founding father no less, is being opposed by a group of conservatives on the west side of uh, the the state. You guys are my schmuck of the week. Good for you. Well, listen, thank you all for just really uh, uh, racing through so much news that happened this past week and doing so effortlessly. Tiffany Ellis, Jeff Sakwa, Adolf Mongo, Nancy Derringer, Alan Lingle, all thank you so much. And Alan, the final word as always. Drive home safely. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the show. Have a great weekend and have a great week. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me.